Michigan Liberation is a statewide network of people and organizations organizing to end the criminalization of Black families and communities of color in Michigan. We envision a state without mass incarceration, mass policing, and punishment. We envision a state with the best public education in the nation, single-payer health care, and thriving Black and brown communities. Here on the Respect the Rules podcast, we will lift up the stories and experiences of those impacted by mass incarceration, collective ties to the criminal legal system, and the frontline efforts to end mass incarceration. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Michigan Liberation's Respect the Roots. I got a variety of gentlemen on today. I got Eric Washington. What's up, Eric? Hey, Marjan. How you doing? <laughs> I gave you a whole government name. Rocky. I got Rocky. <laughs> I got Andre. And I got Najee. What's going on, gentlemen? How you doing, Ms. Marjan? Nice to be here. Back wow. again. Yeah, Rocky got that professional mic, y'all. I got it. I, I didn't even break mine's out. I was so busy trying to hurry up eating and then come on here with y'all. But thank you so much. We got people already watching, so you know everybody's excited to see what's going on. Just for those of you who are watching or listening, we are going to be calling this the Life After Lockup series, conversation, all that good stuff. Because we know, you know what, it's going to be more than just one time type of thing, all right? So I want to... First of all, let each of the Kingsmen, okay, part of the Kingsmen Project, speak, introduce themselves, and tell us about yourself and everything. So let me go ahead and let's kick it off with, um, let me see here. Let me see here. Go ahead, Eric. Hey. I put him on the spot, didn't I? Yeah. Hey, I'm ready. Look, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. So uh, thanks for having me again, Marjan. This is wonderful. Got my guys on here. My name is Eric Washington. I'm 60 years old. Um, live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, used to be a serious drug drug user. Been to treatment multiple times. Wow. Been to treatment 14 times. Um, uh, been to uh, using drugs. I don't know, 25 years, 30 years of my life. I was on a constant drug usage rampage uh, most of my life. Um, all that behavior and all that lifestyle led me to prison. At 47 years old, I went to prison for the first time and uh, got 27 months for a first degree burglary, and that was all due to my uh, my usage. Um. And now, you know, I'm out here. I'm married um, for the second time. Um, really, I got really good relationships. I got my mother lives with me. I'm a homeowner. I I is a uh, as a union truck driver, and I also started a men's group and a nonprofit. So I got an LLC, which is the King's Men Group, and that was the first business I started. And then I just recently. Uh, started a nonprofit called the Kingsman Project. That's where we got the names, and I was shuffling earlier on the names. And that's pretty much where I'm at for my introduction right now. Hey, right, I know you're gonna have more food for thought later <laughs> on. And with that, let me go straight to Rocky. What's up, Rocky? Nice to be here, Marjan. <laughs> yes, tell us about yourself. <laughs> oh, just quickly. Um, 
I'm 32 years old, so I'm not as old as no, no I'm a little bit old. I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lying, <laughs> lying already, man. <laughs> that didn't take long, did it? Yeah. Uh, seven. I've lived on three continents, traveled quite a bit, came back to the states, volunteered in two state correctional facilities for 17 years. Then was employed uh, by a nonprofit to work inside of a correctional facility where I became a reentry manager. Then I worked for U.S. probation as a reentry specialist for four years. Uh, and now I've been doing the same thing I did with the feds on the outside through a social enterprise for the last, uh, I think, six years. So, uh, 35, 36 years in corrections, uh, especially in reentry. So uh, I'm glad to be here, and I'm very excited about what's going on, especially in Minnesota these days uh, in regards to reentry. Well, thank you. Thank you. You just joined us. We are introducing all the gentlemen here on our Life After Lockup series. Hey, we said we're going to change the conversation, but hey, it's all good. We know what we're talking about, so I'm going to let go ahead. Andre, go ahead, Andre. Take the take the mic. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Marjan. Thanks for having us. And uh, thanks to uh, to the Michigan Liberation Project. My name is Andre Lundy. Uh, I, I hail from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, really, not a lot. I'm a pretty good kid coming up, but I was a serial criminal, you know, in and out of prison. Yeah. Uh, the feds got a hold to me a little later on, and uh, they, they they really put a number on me. <laughs> And uh, I, I subsequently had to sit down for 17 years, right? And then I think during that time, you know, I remember my dad, my dad come to see me. He was like, boy, you got enough time to get a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, really, it, it kind of struck me. He was saying it, you know, kind of jokingly, but it kind of struck me and it, you know, it, it kind of re, you know, ignited something to say, you know, don't, don't waste this time and use it wisely, man, and be more, you know, use it to be more productive and really, you know, Educate yourself to be out, you know, be more productive out here in society. Mm, that's what's up. Well, thank you, Andre. And last but not least, Najee, you've been on the show before, but please reintroduce yourself. Thanks for having me again. And uh, I was I was gonna say go watch the other show to get the intro, but you know, <laughs> but I reintroduced myself. Yeah, my name is Adif Najee. I got. Um, I was a president, one of the one of the leaders of the Detroit Highwaymen Motorcycle Club, and got indicted in 2006. Went to trial, a 37 year sentence, and I'm obviously I'm out here today. I got a, won my appeal and got compassionate release uh, from the federal court for the the last uh, remaining time. Still on supervised release, and. Um, I remember when I got out, it was like kind of like maybe you're going to get out, maybe you ain't. And I still filed for it, and I got out. And uh, four days later, I joined the Kingsman Project. I called Rocky. He was a mentor. And I said, man, Rocky, I'm home, man. What do I do next? You know, and he was telling me, hey, get on the the Sunday Zoom with the uh, Kingsman on I said, man, all the way out of Minnesota. I said, all right, man. He's taking me back to Minnesota because that's where I was released from. 
And I felt like I'm going right back talking to people out there. But it was cool. You know, I stayed on ever since. I think uh, I had it became my Sunday routine. And it's like a therapy just going on the Kingsman. And that's my intro for now. You'll hear more from me. <laughs> I'm sure we will. But you just joined us. I'm talking to the Kingsman Project. Now, let's go ahead and start. Eric, tell us, how did all this, this is your your baby. This is your, your little mastermind type of thing, right? So tell us more about the Kingsman Project. Well, the Kingsman, the, the Kingsman started off first off, um, I'm, I'm gonna make a long story short because you know I can get long winded, and I don't want to hear Rocky, you know, throwing flags at me. <laughs> Rocky's my guy. Listen, I did, like I said, I did 27 months in a penitentiary. That was a good time out for me. Wait, wait, but, but Eric, you got to break that down. Well, how many years is that? Because you know, oh, uh, two years and okay. seven months, two and a half years, something like that. So, so when I got out, when I. <laughs> It was it was a just enough time out for me to get it right. Inside, that's where I met Rocky. I met Rocky when I was in prison. He was a reentry. He was in uh, with a prison fellowship program, IFI. He was in the reentry part of that, and you know that's how me and him met. That's a story that you can ask him. He tells it better on how we really got connected. Right. But when I got in prison, I did a lot of uh, programming. I stayed busy. Um, I was in the IFI program. That was like a 18 month program. I was doing computer classes. I was doing fiber optic classes. I did whatever they had to do to keep, you know, to stay busy because they got this phrase or saying I wasn't, do, you know, the time wasn't doing me. I was doing the time. You know what I mean? So when I got released, I was on fire. Right. So I called all my friends who uh, a, a bunch of my friends who I was really close with who had gotten sober, who we used to get high together, grew up playing park ball all the way to the dirt. We went from the kids, you know, drinking together, smoking together, got into that cocaine thing. It just grabbed us all by the throat, you know, the dysfunction. And then when I got out, though, those guys were sober. And I said, I'm going to start a men's group. I'm going to get all of us together and we're going to talk about what's really going on, what we're scared of, what's our joys, what you like, what you don't like, what's really going on with you, how's your relationship. And when I called some of the guys and said, let's do this, they came and that all started like in my mom's living room. I said, with mom, I'm a, because I, when I came home, I didn't go, I was married. I didn't go directly to my wife. I went to my mom. I wanted to transition. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, you know, I know they over there, they've been doing what they've been doing while I was locked up. So instead of me coming in here, talking about the show's over, you know, I just stayed at my mom's. But that's how I started the men's group. The men's group, we were meeting in person. We started at my mom's and then we transferred it to my best friend's house. We would meet, we would break bread, we would cook, have pizza, I would do barbecues. Every week we ate something, right? And yeah. we did that. I got out of prison in 2011. We had that group every Saturday until the pandemic. Wow. Okay. That's what's up. And if you just joined us, I'm talking to the gentleman from the Kingsman Project and everything. And please, please go ahead. Drop your comments. We want to hear from you. 
those of you who are watching, I know some of you have already started tuning in. And also, Eric, I'm going to go ahead and put your email address from the Kingsman Project. Definitely, if you want to reach out to Eric and hear more about this amazing project and group of men that he has um, pretty much all over, Eric. But go ahead. I just want to go ahead and put that little plug in, get people, get the, get the juices flowing, get some comments. All right, all right, all right. It gets better. So when the pandemic came, everything stopped. Also, I got to back up when I say that men's group. When I was doing my men's group in 2011, I think it was about four years later, here comes Rocky with this fantastic idea that I would make a good mentor for the Minnesota Federal Reentry Court, which is a program that they were just starting. So that was in 2015. And I was like, what do you mean? Tell me about it. He goes, you know, judges, you got federal judges, U.S. attorneys, federal public defenders. Pro, pro, probation officers and mentors and he thought you'd be a, you'd be good at this we're gonna i'm gonna try to implement where you could be a mentor i'm like what are you seeing the people ain't gonna let me in there mm. right thus to this day i've been a mentor since the since the conception of the program so so now i'm mentoring still doing my men's group and as I started mentoring, now Rocky is, is like my, 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 my consultant on all this. He's my teacher in all of this. Right. You know, telling me how to come in with the, you know, he said, just come in and sit and just listen and watch and see if you like it. And that's what I did. I loved it. I've been there ever since. Wow. Now, okay. wait a minute. You said Rocky, now wait, you said Rocky could tell what better though, Eric? How he you could tell, <laughs> Rocky could tell better on how me and him met in the first place. And Rocky, okay. Rocky, tell us, tell us the the real deal. How did y'all, how did y'all really meet? Because we see, we hear Eric stuff, but what, what's right what's down? Well, it was a little bumpy at first, but um, so in our program in the state prison, we would have what we called communities. So all the newbies would come in there, and it was a residential program. So we had 170 guys in this program. So Eric was part of a new group that came in. It's about 150 guys in the community meeting. And I was up front and I just said, uh, just out of curiosity, everybody's standing up. And um, if you've been through treatment once and that's it, just sit down. If you've been through twice, sit down. And we kept going. And Eric's the last guy standing out of 150 guys. <laughs> And I said, gentlemen, see that guy? Do not believe a word coming out of his mouth. Because <laughs> he was on number 14. Uh, and he, he was he was waiting for me in the back of the room when we were done. <laughs> he was waiting to get wait. He was waiting on you not, not, not oh. to get <laughs> So he said, right. oh, you don't think I can make it? And I said, I didn't say that. I said, I don't believe anything you say, but I will watch you. And we've been tight ever since so wow. it's been quite a few years yeah yeah it's been a while and with that being said see and 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 i told him too i told rocky i said there's a blessing in you for me there's a blessing in you for me that's what i told him this was before i was even a mentor right with the feds and man look it's the journey has been tremendous you guys so when the pandemic stopped, everything stopped and reentry court, we used to meet at the federal building at the judge's chamber, at the judge's courtroom. 
all the participants, the POs, everybody involved. We're sitting around the table talking to the, and all the clients were high risk offenders, most likely to recidivate, mm -hmm. high risk. So I'm like, yeah, I'll get with this, right? So the pandemic comes, shuts it down. They're not meeting um, in the chain, in the judge's courtroom no more. My buddy who we switched the Kingsman meetings to in-person meetings, he shut it down. He's like, man, it's COVID. I ain't done. So it just went blank for a while. And then I tried to get it going Zoom to the guys that we were meeting, my friends. And I set, got everybody's email because Rocky's suggestion said, well, why don't you just do it Zoom? Get them Zoom. And I was like, well, I don't know all about that. He goes, man, explains it to me. You know, I go, okay, I'll try it. Caught all my friends. I said, oh, this could be interesting because I got friends in California, Texas. I was like, oh, I can get everybody on the screen. Oh, it's a great idea. Sent, got called everybody, got everybody's email, set up, called them, told them what day I was going to do it, sent out the invites, sat at the desk like this and waited, and nobody came on. Wow. Man. So, Eric, nobody showed up. So nobody. You, what did you have to... I ain't gonna even ask how you felt. Look, did like you see the look on my face? I was like, and these <laughs> like, what the hell? Boy, right? <laughs> right. So what I mean, most people would have gave up, right? The heck with this. I did with them, but I didn't with the court. I okay. said, wait a minute, because now I'm um we're focusing on reentry court. They're doing reentry court via Zoom. I'm still sitting on here like this, looking at everybody realizing the guys got issues now prior to that i would have some of the guys i was mentoring come to the kingsman group with me before before the pandemic they were i would just get them to come then i talked my friend to being a mentor and he would bring his class so we'd have three guys out of reentry court sitting in our group you know wow. so we started kind of bringing them and implementing them COVID shut it down i went zoom got about six of the guys who that was in reentry court said, Hey, you know what, guys, we got to get together. We got to talk. We get you navigating through reentry court. We talk about what you got going on in the struggles. And I'm going to send you a, uh, I got, I got your email. I'm going I'm to hit you up uh, with a link. We're going to do a 12 noon Saturday meeting. Boom. I sent it. Boom. All of them showed up. There you go. That's what's up. And hey, and you've been doing it ever since, right? <laughs> And and let me ask you, like Andre and Najee, you guys are part of it. I actually, for all of those of you who are listening and watching, I actually sat in on one of the Kingsman uh, project meetings this past Sunday, mm -hmm. and I must admit the energy was amazing. So, but I want to hear from Andre and Najee, being part of this group. What has it done for you, man? Real talk, because let's be real, men, it's hard to get y'all to show y'all emotions and get. I mean, I was blown away at some of the things that y'all were sharing in this group. So, Andre, give us the tea. Give us the real deal. Well, uh, full disclosure, Najee, I think Najee got out in November of 2021. Mm -hmm. he, he was my buddy in the joint. Like, this was my main guy, right? So, when we were at Manchester, we were thick as thieves, right? When he went, I went. Where I, where I went, he went. We were just together. So when we got up with each other after we got out, you know, of course, we once we split up, we ended up going to different locations. We stayed in touch through a third party via email. We were able to stay in touch. And once he got out, he called me. He said, man, I'm going to this group. I went last week. You should check it out. 
And I was kind of reluctant, you know, because I had been out a couple months before him. I got out May of 2021. I think he got out in November. So I was kind of trying to develop a groove. And uh, I was doing something on Sundays. I don't remember what it was. And I sat in on it. I was like, okay, this is real. But what really, and I tell Eric this all the time, but what really got me engaged, Eric was talking about a situation he was having with one of his daughters. And I was having the same situation. He gave me some advice on how to deal with it. Did it. It, it, it worked. And I, I've never missed a week. I, I think I missed one week. Wow. One week since we've been doing it since 2021. And the week he missed, he called in. You feel me? He <laughs> yes. called and said, I'm not going to be able to make it this week. Tell the guys I said, what up? I got to do well. I was like, man, I appreciate that. And I believe it because Andre was yeah. when I when I showed up on well through the Zoom when I came on Sunday Andre was getting dressed looked like for church so you you right he don't miss a beat he got I, we saw him put on his tie his shirt everything I was like my sharpest Kingsman we got he he hands down the sharpest Kingsman hands down right so so Dodge you tell us your experience with the Kingsman group. Well, my experience was when I got on, I was like, I don't know what rock he's sending me off to this time because every time and, and he would come in, he would come in as a mentor for Project Reconnect. Project uh, Connect, yeah. yeah. Pre-release classes. Change afterwards, class. Something like that. It was probably, uh, I don't even want yeah. to remember any of those words from in there. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> when he told me about this, I said, man, he's sending me off into something. I don't know. We're going to try it out. So I went and I went back again. And then I started mental health treatment, you know, for therapy, seeing going therapist. So I brought it up on there. And then Eric said, this is real. These guys need to hear this. Mm -hmm. So I started bringing it up. And, you know, I'm the one who's always calling somebody out. Mm -hmm. When I see something that's BS, I'm going to call it out. Sometimes mm -hmm. I just sit there and listen. Most mm -hmm. of the time I just listen. I just mute. Mm -hmm. I just mute the microphone, just listen, and then I'll say, look, hold up. Or mm -hmm. me and Eric could talk afterwards. I'm putting my man on blast next time. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, <clears throat> it's been, I think that's, it's been therapeutic, better than going to therapy because I'm seeing I'm not the only one going through struggles. Mm -hmm. And like Andre said about his daughter, we had the, we talked that day about the same situation. We all had problems at home mm -hmm. with our kids because, and I remember I even had the same talk the day before with Anthony, with Anthony Boyd from Michigan Liberation. And he said, man, I had the same problem. They just don't know when you're going back, when you're going to mess up and go back. Mm -hmm. So they guard us up. All you could do is tell them you love them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, man, I'm just going to be patient with this. But, you know, you come home, you want to be, you want to be somebody, you want to still be that guy. And you ain't going to, you don't want them. They are grown up. Now they think that they're going to talk to you any old kind of way, you know, and really that's not what it is. You feeling that because you coming home with that mentality from prison. Mm -hmm. And you, and you know, and you, at the same time, you don't want to, you don't want to come and take over when they've been doing their lives on their own this whole time. And now you coming home, like, where you been? Now you coming here, try to run. I was gonna say it. I was gonna cuss, but <laughs> but you know, mm -hmm. you know what it is. Mm -hmm. Who you got? Andre wanted to say something. No, no. I was, but I was remembering how tight you were because remember you brought me on, but you were tight, but like you wouldn't say nothing for both. Mm -hmm. and, 
we would all be kicking it and, and, and going. And, um, you know, I was having a ball with it, right? I, it, it was working. I love the energy. I love the camaraderie. Uh, and, and it was, it was, it was cool to, to talk to guys who can identify with what you've been through. I mean, when you listen, nobody can really understand. You know, I, I remember people had, the, you know, the pandemic anxiety. Everybody was mad about it. I said, welcome to my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? What you mean? I've been in a cage for years. So <laughs> there are very few people who can relate to being away for 16, 17, 20 years or whatnot. And there's a bunch of guys that had that story. You know, Pat, you know, Pat loved it. We should have had Pat on here. Yeah, Pat, that's for, yeah, we should have. We'll have him next time. And, uh, you know, Pat, me and Pat could just vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a Royal, Royal was, you know, Royal is a, a firecracker, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. DeAndre, all those cats. And they were from di- different parts of the country. So listening to their stories, getting the vibe with them, and knowing that you weren't the only one going through what you're going through. Mm-hmm. The social anxiety that I have, you know, like I tell Najee, I tease them all the time, learning how to be broke in public, you know, that's a skill. <laughs> right. Yes, it is. Yes. You know, really, because you to me, when you broke, you vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't fix nothing, you can't do nothing, right? Learning how to really adjust to that. That was that was that's been, that's been a trying exercise even to this day. But you got people around you that can help you with, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. what twenty years? I mean, more than even in the joint, you the man, like you know, even he knows. We we taught classes, we led groups. Whatever we done, we was in some form of leadership. Right? And it's always been that throughout our walks of life, but to get out here and you just another menu. You mm-hmm. know? Tough. Right. Right. This is what I learned, if I can get in. This is what I learned. And it just hit me too. It hit me. Um, as I was walking with working with gentlemen, high risk, all from the feds. What I learned was the struggle is the same. It's the same struggle when you come out. I had the same struggle. I was in for two years. I'm I'm working with guys that's been in prison for 25 and 30 years, 17 and 18 years. The honor is that these guys are with me. That's an honor for me. You know what I mean? Another honor is that how I say this to people so they really can understand it. I got bosses kicking it with me. Guys that were bosses in their own right. You know what I mean? And then, and and I learned a lot. I learned so much from them about the federal system inside because I wasn't there. And then I'm learning on the outside on how the court operates with the POs. And and then I know how the reentry court works. So now I can help these guys navigate. Like, oh, don't go over there. Oh, you know, hold on. Just wait a minute. Time out. You know, relax. The same with these guys. Now that we kind of come together like this, um, the group has expanded and I got these guys. These are my main guys. And it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's wonderful and it's impactful because I say the same thing to them that they say to me, Eric, man, you're here every Sunday and you could be kicking it with your wife. You could be, you know, going to church, doing whatever you're doing. But Sunday from nine to 11, I'm here. And I'm going to be here this Sunday too. Easter, Christmas, New Year's, it don't matter. I'm here at 9 a.m. It's my commitment. Wow. Thank you, Eric. As you can see on the screen, it's eric.washington at kingsmanproject.org. Definitely get with Eric. You want to hear more about this amazing organization and definitely hit us up, hey, at media at myliberation.org. 
hey, we're going to keep flowing. I just want to give that information and everything. I'm talking to the Kingsman Project, and they're kicking some serious knowledge and everything, y'all. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up, y'all, and everything. Hey, you know, I would like to, in this, in our next episode, y'all, because you know y'all got to stay on, go in even deeper about what life is like after lockup. And even, Rocky, your work with working with these, you know, these gentlemen, these you know, fine gentlemen, as far as, you know, the experiences that, that you're seeing and even talking about the program in Minnesota and everything. And because I think, Najee, you were saying it's almost like we need to mimic that over into Michigan. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to take this time. We're going to close out this episode. Y'all, thank you very much. We're going to keep rolling because it's rolling really smoothly. And we're going to go right into, you know, the next one and everything. So, y'all, I thank you. I thank you for listening to this first episode. And we're going to go ahead. And for those of you who are still watching, we're going to go into that second one. Hey, nobody's going to go anywhere because I'm going to make it easy on everybody. Y'all stay right there, okay? We're going to end it out, and then we're going to come right back in. All right, y'all. All right, get ready. Don't don't go nowhere, those of y'all watching. I see you liking it and everything. I see y'all. Hold on one second. Michigan Liberation Education Fund, C3, conducts grassroots organizing, leadership development, and civic engagement activities. Michigan Liberation C4 and Michigan Liberation Action Fund, IE, are sister organizations.